Welcome to the AIM Mutual podcast series on injury prevention and worksite wellness. I'm Chris Sharp, and today we'll be talking about the importance of focusing on mental health in the workplace. We are recording this podcast remotely to match the times, so please bear with us for any unevenness in our audio recording. So often, wellness is associated with nutrition and fitness, where the benefits are long known and well documented. But new studies are showing that mental health concerns for American workers are growing and shouldn't be overlooked in corporate wellness programs. But can this aspect of employee health really be addressed in a work setting, or is it simply too broad and complex? Martha Gagnon is a certified wellness practitioner and injury prevention and worksite wellness supervisor at AIM Mutual. She can provide some answers and key insights to those questions and more. Welcome, Martha. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Chris. Happy to be here. So let's jump right in with this. Um, so just to start with a broad scope, what percentage of individuals in our country are impacted by a mental health diagnosis? Yeah, Chris, believe it or not, we have approximately 44.7 million Americans that are uh, battling with a mental health diagnosis. And wow. to break that down further, that really comes down to about one in five adults managing a mental health diagnosis. Wow, yeah, that's that's, uh, that's staggering numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's estimated that close to a half of um, a half of the half of those individuals really aren't even seeing any type of treatment for that mental condition. And what we're finding through the statistics with the CDC is that the most common diagnosis in the mental health field is really an anxiety disorder, and that really represents about forty million adults in our country. Wow. Um, so, I mean, what are the implications of facing exposure to a mental health diagnosis like that? And, and how does this fact impact U.S. employers and the workforce as a whole? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, you know, many times people who are impacted by mental health diagnoses also are managing and battling physical health conditions at the same time. And right. so from a cost perspective on for our country, what we really see is the cost of an individual impacted by both sides of the house, meaning the mental health condition, also a physical health condition, expenses are two to three times higher than those without co-incurring conditions. Um, And so with that, instead, we basically, you know, we have about 63% of our our Americans are engaged in the U.S. labor force, right? And our workplace is an ideal spot to really take a look at this because who's paying for the health care? Employers are paying for the health care, (laughs) Chris. Yeah. (laughs) And so, I mean, but how can an employer identify what mental health resources are needed and and then how they could benefit the employee population as a whole? Yeah. So I think, you know, so with the numbers we just talked about, right, um, 20% of people in our country are battling some sort of mental health condition. And we know that the majority of those individuals are dealing with anxiety disorders. So it's not a question of if a workplace is in need to address mental health or mental well-being with their employees, it's that everybody does, right? Right. Because you know as well as I do, um, you know, we all have times in our lives like a roller coaster where things are going really well and then things are not going really well. And we're living in denial if we think that somebody with a mental health condition doesn't come to work every day without that mental health condition. It's still with them. It's still a part of who they are. And so, you know, I always say that employers, the, the job of the employer is to really provide access and to create a culture of, um, of safety. So the employee really feels as though they can work 
they can be who they are and still receive support and balance the mental health condition with being successful in their career. You know, workplaces really can see great success with combining um, mental and physical health interventions, and there are really a few reasons for that. First is communication structures are already in place. They already exist within the workplace and the culture. Second is programs and policies come from one central team usually within the uh, employment structure setting. Thirdly, employers have the resources to offer incentives to encourage healthy behaviors. We see it all the time when it comes to physical health behaviors. You hear of employers offering um, incentives, um, you know, in dis- in insurance uh, premium differentials. You hear of all of this. So we can definitely fit an incentive for people who are taking care of their mental health along with their physical health. And lastly, employers can track progress through various forms of data. You know, we know through HIPAA that obviously you don't just get that you don't get any raw data from health insurance companies or your workers' comp insurance claims or any of those, but you do get aggregate data and you can look for trends within those sets of data. Right. I mean, but I mean, so you, you talk about anxiety and how prevalent that is. Uh, I mean, and obviously that's something that we all experience, and it can be also then a very serious condition for many. Uh, I, 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 I don't understand where can an employer begin? How, I mean, how do you start to tackle something like that? Yeah, so I think tackling something along the lines of like facing anxiety specifically is, you know, having um, communi- open communication with your employees, making sure that programs like your EAP services are widely known about educating your employees on what are the topics and reasons why people access an EAP. Another way to go is providing spaces within the worksite structure for people to be able to work on mindfulness, to help them work on stress management, whether that is a webinar version, whether those are webinars, whether those are meditation sessions, whether that is just a break room for people to um, basically detach from what they've been doing all day and to really focus on what's going on around them. It doesn't necessarily need to cost a lot of money. and It doesn't have to be a full blown out, um, you know, program. There just needs to be, you know, items and places within the the structure of the four walls that people work at for them to be able to take care of themselves. That makes sense. Um, I mean, I guess another term that I've been seeing and hearing a little bit about is psychological safety and kind of uh, putting more of an attention on that. Uh, Can you just explain uh, what is that and how how it might fit into this discussion? Yeah, so psychological safety, I love that term. So the idea of psychological safety is really that as an employee, I feel safe to be who I am myself um, and speak out for what I need to be successful and to be complete as a person and not have the fear of retribution. So many times, um, you know, within the employer setting, the employee often feels as though it's not safe to speak up for themselves, to advocate for themselves without necessarily um, having, quote unquote, a mark against them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if for an employer to develop a a culture of psychological safety is one where the employee can really advocate for what they need um, to do the best they can as an employee and also live their best life mentally and physically and and feel like it's okay to speak up for themselves and that they won't necessarily have a mark against them. Right. I mean, it really it does seem to be a little bit of a paradigm shift in a sense, just because especially in the U.S., I feel like we're always, 
you know, primed and, and, and told that work, you, you can never work enough. You can never show weakness in a sense. And so that this awakening is, is in some ways, it's, it's a total rethinking of, of how we look at ourselves and our coworkers in the workplace. But it's, it's, it's a hard task, but certainly a necessary one. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a culture, right? Again, right. it's not just, it's not flipping on a switch or flipping off a switch, right? Okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to be psychologically safe from this point on. It, it is a, it's a, it's a process. It's a commitment of leadership. Um, and it is, it's a new norm that people need to learn to become comfortable with, frankly, over time. Right. Um, how, how would you say like a focus on mental health in the workplace can fit with an overall wellness program? And do you see that kind of as a natural extension of the growing trend of these wellness initiatives? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, there's a lot of structures that are already in place um, around corporate worksite wellness programs. Um, and so, you know, when, when a wellness committee is identifying what are the areas of topic they really want to manage and deal with over the next 12 to 18 months for their employees, you can go about the same structure you do for your physical health as you do with your mental well-being. Right. Um, there are as many webinars, as many educational opportunities, resources, and tools out there. Um, so, for example, you know, at A-Mutual, we depend on the CDC Worksite Health Scorecard. It's a great free tool that allows our policyholders to really delve into what's going on for initiatives at their workplace and where is there room for growth. And oftentimes there's room for growth around the emotional well-being portion. Um, people are stressed out now. I mean, it's comical, right? You and I are recording this in the middle of the COVID-19. Yes, now more um, than ever. <laughs> people are stressed. Um, and, you know, and they were stressed before this, but they are especially stressed now. And so it's important to be able to adapt your wellness program to meet the needs of the employees and where they're at at that given moment in time. So if an employee, you know, if you didn't have, if you had a wellness program that wasn't addressing stress management, guess what? It's time to start addressing stress management yeah. because that's heavily connected to the anxiety, right? Yeah. And that anxiety, I am willing to put money on for a lot of people, is connected to how they're feeding their body and how much physical activity they're getting every day. Sure. And so the beautiful thing about this, Chris, is it all flows in a circle right? We want people to lose weight. We want people to stop smoking. We want people to get more physical activity. But guess what? We need to peel back the onion a little further and start dealing with some of the other stuff that's going on that is really inhibiting those, those healthy habits. Yep. My wife is a social worker and she thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for all of your insight on this, Martha. And uh, thank you to our listeners for spending this time with us. Uh, Please feel free to reach out with any thoughts or questions you might have and be sure to tune in for our next topic. Martha, thanks again. Thanks so much, Chris.